Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, January 11th, 2013, and today we are reading from the big book on page 99, and we are at the first full paragraph that begins, After They Have Seen. Today's readers are Miriam, 12 Steps, Deb W., The Twelve Traditions, and then Hoodie, Sharon, Sarah, Kim, and Paula. The share code for yesterday, Thursday, is 3653. Our preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that People who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Miriam to please read the 12 steps. Thank you, Monica. This is Miriam calling from Israel. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives have become miserable. Two, who came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, the decision to turn our will and our lives over to God as we understood Him. Four, made a certain fairly moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, this Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Family asking to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all the crimes and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought to pray and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry it out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our steps. Thank you very much, and I pass. Thank you, Miriam. And I would like to now ask Deb W. to read the Twelve Traditions. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, a vision for you. <clears throat> My name is Devin, recovered compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. 
two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, um... Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, since the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than a promotion. We always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and film. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Deb. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book means to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we will resume our study of the big book and we are on page 99, the first full paragraph that starts after they have seen tangible results. And I will ask Hoodie to begin reading, please. Hi, Monica. Good morning. This is Hoodie, Compulsive Overeater. Um, after they have seen tangible results, the family will perhaps want to go along. These things will come to pass naturally and in good time, provided, however, the alcoholic continues to demonstrate that he can be sober, considerate, and helpful, regardless of what anyone says or, do, or does. Of course, we all fall much below the standard many times, but we must try to repair the damage immediately, lest we pay the penalty by a spree. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Hoodie. Would anyone like to share on this paragraph? This is Sarah. Can I share? Good morning, Sarah. Please share. Good morning. A vision for you. My name is Sarah, a compulsive overeater from New York. Um, 
After they've seen tangible results, the family will perhaps want to go along. These things will come to pass naturally and in good time provided, however, the alcoholic continues to demonstrate that he can be sober, considerate, and helpful regardless of what anyone says or does. What this paragraph says to me is that who who we are speaks louder than anything we say or do. And the family, after years and years of experience in, um, you know, in being what what drove us to this program, you know, we're helping, you know, this paragraph is working with others so and sponsorship. So we're helping this other person in their process of recreating their lives. And the family is not um is not is cautious and doesn't you know and really doesn't believe that um that 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 person's ever going to change the only thing that proves that a person has actually really changed is by their actions you know good intentions you know um what do they say the road to hell was paved on good intentions you know you can want something but until the alcoholic continues to demonstrate that he can be sober, considerate, and helpful, regardless of what anyone says or does. That's the process that we need to go through, um, you know, in step four, in in letting go of the resentments and not blaming the rest of the planet for our irresponsible or um, compulsive behaviors. The program is is here to help us stay spiritually fit, and to teach us how to walk with God no matter what the circumstances. And the family is not going to believe that, that that's been done unless they see it being done, seeing the tangible results. So it's a call to the, the, you know, this new sponsee who's you know, being brought into this program, but it's also a call to the sponsor who can needs who needs to continue to model these spiritual principles and 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 pave the way for those um to those that are going to follow them and that's it with that I pass thank you Sarah would anyone else like to share on this paragraph hi this is Kim good morning Kim please share Good morning, Monica. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. After they have seen tangible results, the family will perhaps want to go along. So here we are. We're working with others at this point. This is the chapter where we're helping people go through this process. You know, so they're seeing tangible results. I mean, how many times did I promise this time will be different, this time will be different, this time I'll put the food down for good? And my parents would get their hopes up. My family would get their hopes up. And two or three months into it, I'd be binging again. So the family, of course, is wary. The family, of course, is thinking, well, even when she's abstinent, God, she's a raging, crazy person. I almost would rather see her eating, and at least she would be, you know, under anesthesia in her room leaving us alone versus the abstinent woman who's raging at everybody every more. So what they're, they're saying is, you know, you have to understand that you have damaged this family. You have damaged your friends. You've damaged them in the disease of active compulsive overeating, 
and you've damaged them with those times that you were dieting only, you were abstinent only, and you were trying to control the whole world. So it says after they have seen tangible results, the family will perhaps want to go along because you're letting that sponsee know that their, their program cannot be dependent on how other people react to it, like we talked in the page earlier. So what does that alcoholic have to demonstrate? What are those tangible results? The tangible results is that he can be sober, he can put that food down, considerate and helpful regardless of what anyone says or does. Because our recovery is not dependent on people, places, and things. It's dependent on our relationship with God. But the whole point of recovery is to clear away that wreckage of our past, to clear away the blockages between us and God. And when we do that, we will repair the relationship with ourselves, with God, and with our fellows. And it says here, of course, we will fall much below this standard many times. We are never not going to be human. We are never not going to be making mistakes. You know, I remember when I first came into the room and I was exposed to 12-step programs through my, my mom, but I looked in there and I'm like, I'm smaller than my mother. 12 steps, 12 weeks, I'm out of here. But this is a lifelong process. This is a lifelong process. So, of course, we're going to fall below the standard. The sponsors, we're going to, we're going to guide these, these prospects into how they can keep bringing God into the equation, keep going back to the principles of this program, keep going back to the steps, because the steps is where we're going to learn to be happy, joyous, and free. First we put the food down, then we recover, and then we help others. But we have to remember it is the tangible results that will convince people, not us saying it's going to happen. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Would anyone else like to share? Good morning, Hi. this is Margaret. Margaret? Good morning. Go Good morning, this is Margaret, recovered in South Jersey. Continue to demonstrate that he can be sober, considerate, and helpful regardless of what anyone says or does. I, had, I just have this thing, wow, because I knew when I read that there was no way I can do that without God. I mean, that's just impossible for my mind. Uh, you know, as we as we studied yesterday, and I thought about so much last night, he should concentrate on his own spiritual de demonstration. Argument and fault finding are to be avoided like the plague. Well, I I've done pretty well with argument. You know that that thing that said on the line about toothpaste being out of the tube, you know, is is really helped me. But fault finding that's going on in my head. Oh no, my criticism in my head. You know my. Um, that that is something that you know I have to have help with with God every single day. You know that's just like I realized when I read this, you know, several years ago when I was really studying this book that this was absolutely impossible for me to do without God's help. And that's the thing that enabled me to, um, you know, to keep moving on, to keep moving on because as, as was said yesterday, my first set of tools was the bags, the cellophane bags. My second set of tools was the, my criticism. And, you know, and that always drove me back to the bags because not only could the people not around me stand me, I couldn't stand me. So I, I had to seek the ease and comfort just to shut myself up. You know, so just to be able to continue to demonstrate that I, he can be sober, considerate, and helpful, regardless of what anyone says or does, 
that's not in my power, that's for sure. And that's why this program really, really works because it teaches us how to live in that state of mind. You know, that teaches us how to live in that state of mind so that we no longer have to go back to those bags and boxes. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Margaret. Would anyone else like to share? Good morning, it's Leah. Yeah. I heard Leah and someone else. Anne Marie. Anne Marie. Okay, Leah and then Anne Marie. Thank you so much, Monica. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. After they had seen tangible results, meaning real results, you know, something, uh, you know, that that uh, is capable of being experienced. After they have seen tangible results, the family will perhaps want to go along. Again, they don't have to go along if they want to go along. You know, we're just being living examples of what we're, what we're studying, living examples of what the big book is teaching within its pages. These things will come to pass naturally, meaning it's a process, and in good time provided here we go, here we go, there's a, um, there's a price here. And in good time provided, however, that the alcoholic continues to demonstrate that he can be sober, considerate, and helpful regardless of what anyone says or does. This is the big ticket because this puts the responsibility on me. You know, I uh, now through these steps, I have an opportunity uh, for a quality of life that I never experienced before. And that quality of my life is up to me. I have 12 steps that need to be implemented. I have principles that need to be laid down and threaded through every facet of my life. I no longer have to be a victim. We have a program of recovery. Perhaps our family members do not. So... This will happen in good time, provided, however, that the alcoholic continues to demonstrate. I have to be a living example. So that's what we as sponsors teach our sponsees is to demonstrate what you're learning within your homes. Demonstrate that you can be abstinent. Demonstrate that you can be considerate. Demonstrate that you can be helpful regardless regardless of what anyone says or does. You know, it is a spiritual axiom that... W- Every time I am disturbed, no matter what the cause, there is something wrong with me. You know, I like to think of spirituality and these, these steps as the art of remaining undisturbed. Am I living this thing? You know, the spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. So we as sponsors, this is working with others. This is the guidance we give. We don't gang up on husbands and say, yeah, I would be mad at him too. We don't gang up on sponsees' children and say, you're right. You've got to demand that they do X, Y, and Z. No. How am I implementing these principles and these steps in my life? Can I practice these principles at home? with my husband and my children? Do we realize how powerless we are over our family members? Can we make amends quickly when we've harmed our spouses? Do we treat our husband courteously or our parents? You know, we have to realize that the family is untrusting. Most of us have been through numerous remedies and methods over long periods of time, years. It was like living walking through a landmine with us. 
we've been inconsistent, so we have to give the family time. And it says, of course, we all fall you know, much below this standard many times. None of us rise above being human. We're not exempt from human failings. We never arise above being a human being. But we are obliged, we are obligated to choose between the pains of trying to behave well and the certain penalties of failing to do so. And regarding children, children learn what they live. Children learn what they live. I get amends letters all the time from my children, all the time. They learned it through this program of recovery. This is something that will be carried through their lifetime. Because we who are recovered can be demonstrations, living examples of what this big book has to offer. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Anne-Marie, please share. Good morning, Anne-Marie, Recovered Compulsive Eater. Um, yeah, they perhaps the family, um, you know, want to change also. Maybe they want to be more like us uh, now that we've gone through the 12 steps and we have shown, um, demonstrated um, consideration and being helpful and we've stayed abstinent, you know. Um, I know for me, um, I really wanted my husband to notice my weight loss, you know, because uh, it, it was a while ago. And um, he said, you know, you look good. He says, but I see something different in you this time. <laughs> this time, <laughs> yes. Many times I've done this. Many times I've lost weight uh, only to put it back on again. But, um, you know, the other times I didn't have the peacefulness that I have today. And it was so it was so rewarding for me to hear him tell me that he noticed, um, you know, a change. He said, I see that you're more peaceful and, and you have some serenity with you today. And, you know, how rewarding that was. That was much better than, yeah, you look thinner. You know, it was just much better. Um, and I love the, the last two sentences. You know, um, of course, we, we fall much below the standard many times. Well, thank God I don't have to be 100%. These 12 steps have given me a way to an understanding that I don't have to be perfect. Where I was before working these steps, I was just rigid and trying to be perfect 100%. But that's why we have a 10th step. You know, but we must try to repair the damage immediately, lest we pay the penalty by a spree. And this, these 12 steps have given me a way of immediately um, admitting when I was wrong and promptly admitted it. You know, directions um, on page 84 that are very clear to me that when I mess up, and I will, that I can repair the damage right away and apologize and take responsibility for what I may have done wrong. And this is just such a wonderful, wonderful program to live, not just to study. You know, that I think that was one thing that I made a mistake with before. I studied this book like there was no tomorrow, taking notes, reading, doing everything. But was I living it? No. And I have learned how to live it through watching others, and, and but with help of, of my sponsor and with help of other people, you know, I watch, I listen, and I, I take action 
and I have been able to show my family, demonstrate that I am abstinent, considerate, and unhelpful. And um, just so very grateful. Thank you. Thank you, Anne-Marie. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And in this paragraph, of course, we're working with others here, a chapter working with others and, and giving us information as sponsors. But I see a lot of hope in this paragraph, you know, hope that I can pass on to a, a sponsee, to someone who's new in the program. And um, after they have seen tangible results, you know, real capable of being touched, seen, or explained, or experienced as real. You know, when the day before we read, argument and fault finding are to be avoided like the plague. And, you know, when Monica learned to keep her mouth shut, you know, Monica, you don't have to try to win every um, argument. You don't have to have the last word. What a change. What a change happened. And the family sees this, and it's like, well, you know, if nobody's arguing, you don't continue the cycle of arguing. And it says these things will come to pass naturally. And it, yeah, it's naturally. I, I kept my mouth shut, and things changed. In good, in, and, it, you know, it takes time, but it does happen. And that's what these 100 experienced, recovered people are telling us, that when we change and we take actions, other things, good things are going to happen as a result of that. And also here, I see a lot of, of freedom here. It says, the alcoholic continues to demonstrate that he can be sober, considerate, and helpful, regardless of what anyone says or does. I see this is very hopeful and freedoms being given here as a result of my taking responsibility for myself and my mouth and keeping it shut, regardless of what anyone says or does. And, and I get to be helpful. You know, this has changed me. God has changed me through this process of doing this work. And then it says, you know, but we must try to repair the damage immediately, at least we pay the penalty by a spree. And like everyone else says, we're human. We're a human, and we're never going to be any higher than a human. And as humans, we cannot be totally perfect. Never will be. But immediately here, if something does come out of my mouth, it's to turn around and say, you know, I'm really sorry. That was totally uncalled for. That wasn't nice or kind of me. Because if we don't stay in, in fit spiritual condition, there's going to be penalties. But thank God we've got steps here, 10, 11, and 12, to help us when we slip and fall, and we will, what to do. And with that, I pass. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? This is Diane. This is Janice. I heard Diane and then Janice. Hi. Good morning, everyone. Um, Yes, um, I had similar experiences, even like what Anne-Marie was talking about. And um, after I was back into program for a while, my, my children knew that. And um, I go down to Massachusetts to my, my grandchildren, and my daughter down there probably sees me more than any of my other children right now. And um, one day she said to me, you know, Ma, I don't know what's going on with you, but I see a change, and just keep it up. And that was just a short time. Um, 
went a short time in program and then just recently um she was she said to me ma um what is going on with you um there is such a change i can't believe what i'm saying what i'm seeing and um and and the changes were that you know i'd go down to her house to mind the children and i would leave her house in a mess and she appreciated the fact that i was down there and minding the kids but she had a lot of cleaning to do and i didn't really see it i was into the food I was always eating down there. I, I couldn't stop eating while I was at her house. Um, and, um, you know, I, I couldn't get out of my own way. And um, and and if I dropped something, my you know, my I'd say to my grandchildren, can you get that for Nana? Can you do this for Nana? And today, I, it's just so different. Who would have thought that by putting down the food and picking up the steps, and having a sponsor and doing this program to the best of my ability, that I would have a clean house. <laughs> that she, you know, I go to her house and it's cleaner than now when it, when I leave. And she's like, who are you? Who are you, Mom? Who are you? But I like you the way you are right now. I just can't believe the change in you. And when you know your family members see this, it, you know, it really, it really is a wonderful thing. And, um... And I'm just so grateful, so grateful that, you know, I've come back here and my life is changing. You know, and who would have thought by putting down the food, I would pick up so many wonderful things in my life um, and that I, I'm, I'm, I have a better life today. And, um, you know, and I have lost a considerable, a considerable amount of weight. But, you know, that to me right now it's just it's, it's really amazing that, you know, um, it's not all about that for me today. It's not all about that. It's by living a life that's second to none that that I'm having a, a change in my life today that um, I've never experienced before. And when who am I? I don't know who I am right now except for a person who is in a program um, that is and um, and I've put the food down and uh, all my trigger foods are gone and 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 it immediately changed my life. For the better. Thank you, Monica. Thank you, Diane. Janice, go ahead. Thank you, Monica. Good morning, vision for you. My name is Janice. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. You know these these paragraphs here that we're talking about today and yesterday are talking so much about the family and what happens in the family. And I know in my own family. You know, I so, so wanted them to see that I was becoming different, that I was becoming different. And it says in the, in the paragraph previous to the one we're reading right now, it persisted in for a few months. For a few months, the effect on the man's family is sure to be great, sure to be great. Well, I don't know about how you were in your disease, but in, in my active addiction, I was unpredictable. I was unpredictable. And now, working this program and and living this way of life, I become predictable. And I used to think predictable was boring. I used to like to mix it up some. You know, I used to think of unpredictability as a as a wonderful thing, as as not certainly as a character defect. But I became predictable. They could count on me, and it took a while. It took a while, and and can you blame them? 
can you blame them? You know, so I had to persist because it says if we persist, the family will perhaps want to come along. You know, they may see something, something new, something different. But it's a happening. You know, it had to happen over a period of time. And there was a higher timing going on, God's timing, not my timing. And I had to learn patience and perseverance. I had to keep going and be patient because it took them a while to realize they could count on me. They could count on me to be the same, to be predictable, to be calm, to be helpful, to be useful. You know, it did not happen immediately. You know, and do I sometimes stumble and fumble and bumble around? Yes. And did I at the beginning in early in my recovery and in my abstinence? Yes, I did. But I had a new standard to live by. And I had to be careful, and my sponsor helped me not to set the bar too high. Because then I was into my perfectionism and wanting to be doing this thing absolutely right, absolutely all the time. But what was important is that I be absolutely abstinent, absolutely all the time, so that these steps could continue to become a way of life and work in me. And regardless of what anyone else said or done, did, I could be the center, I could be the center and be calm and let whatever was happening around me happen and be predictable. And when something happened, I could try to repair the damage immediately. I could try to see my own side and see where I was at fault and not point out where they were at fault, but try to repair whatever I might have done because I was being guided by principle. And I knew that this was a new way of thinking for me, a new way of acting on life rather than reacting to it. And that as I recovered from that spiritual malady, I could be helpful and useful and loving and kind and tolerant and all the things that I saw were going to be helpful to my family. And then whatever they saw and whatever they wanted would be up to them, would be up to them. But they could see in me something different, something considerate, something helpful, and all in God's timing, with me practicing patience every step of the way. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Okay. Sharon, would you like to read the next paragraph, please? Yes. I Thank you, Monica. This is Sharon. Good morning to all of you. I'm recovered compulsive overeater and very grateful to be on the line this morning. If there be divorce or separation, there should be no undue haste for the couple to get together. The the man should be sure of his recovery. The wife should fully understand his new way of life. If their old relationship is to be resumed, it must be on a better basis, since the former did not work. This means a new attitude and spirit all around. Sometimes it is 
to the best interest of all concerned that a couple remain apart. Obviously, no rule can be laid down. Let the alcoholic continue his program day by day. When the time for living together has come, it will be apparent to both parties. This is, uh, this paragraph packs a lot in. It, the, the, the sentence that I'd like to focus on is obviously no rule can be laid down. So if there is no rule to govern whether a couple gets back together, how do we as sponsors deal with this? As sponsors, we have to, we have a, uh, we're working with the person and they're separated or divorced, they have children, and we, we see that our sponsee needs help. Um, how do we counsel them? How do we counsel them? Well, where we start is with the person themselves. We can't fix their whole family situation. We start with our sponsee. We focus on their recovery. That's our main primary objective in the relationship that we have, sponsor to sponsee. I, as a sponsor, am responsible for doing all that I can to help my sponsee get recovered and stay recovered. What is it going to take? Now, I have to tell you that personally, I don't want to see any couple divorce or separate. I would love to see them stay together. But if they're already divorced and separated, or if it isn't possible, I can't control that. I don't know what's best for any person. So I can't go into a relationship with my sponsor uh, with preconceived notions of what should or shouldn't happen. But what I do know is that my sponsee needs to take care of their side of the street. I do know what worked for me. And I give to my sponsee what was given to me. And I was told over and over again to take care of my side of the street. This means that I have to perhaps direct my sponsor over and over again, as was true for me, to go back to their fourth step. If I hear resentments, to make sure to point them, point them out. And I don't care if you just finished a fourth step, go back over it again and, and, and deal with that resentment. Because oftentimes in these relationships, particularly with the interpersonal ones, resentments will come up and they don't, we just, we do our fourth step. And that doesn't end it. We have to go back over it. And I think, I used to think that I had a little resentment uh, guy that lived inside of me, and he'd sit there and crank out resentments day after day after day. And I got to the point where in my own personal relationship that I thought I was never going to get to the end of resentments. Was I forever going to be directed to go back again, go back again, deal with that resentment? But I am so grateful today that my sponsor 
kept pushing me back onto my side of the street to dealing with my resentments, my issues, my problems, and not looking at what other people did and what they didn't do. And I have to tell you, interpersonal relationships are very, very challenging and very, very complex. And and yet these problems do get resolved, even the ones that as a sponsor we look and we think, just get out of that because that is just never going to work, that the person's a loser, they'll never, you know, that can be our opinion as a sponsor, but we have to be very, very careful because we have a higher power. Our sponsee has a higher power that's at work in that relationship. So we cannot pass judgment. We cannot say what will and will not ever work. But we can say that our sponsee has got, as if they're going to be working with us, they cannot harbor resentment. They cannot treat the other person um, uh, negatively. And oftentimes we find that we're more harsh on our partner than we are on other people. And that's that's another thing that I gauge by. Are we being reasonable? Are we being um, uh, following the principles? Are we treating our, our partner as we would treat someone in our program, another person in our program? And um, if that's not the case, then they need to go back and look at that relationship again. So um, with that, I will pass. Thank you, Sharon. Would anyone like to share on this paragraph? Star one to unmute. This is Paula. May I ask you? Go ahead, Paula. Thank you. This is Paula, recovered compulsive overeater. You know, and I'm going to scoot right down to the middle here. This means a new attitude in spirit all around. You know, when I read that word all around, I think of a circle. In a circle, it's not, it's just all around. It's not broken here. Well, well you know what? Not in this situation. Mm-mm-mm. Well, yeah, in everything else, but there's no buts here. I don't see a but here. A new attitude in spirit all around. All is also included, just in case you missed a circle thing. And it goes on. And this is it. And I'll tell you, life goes on, continues to change. Sometimes the people don't change. But we are the ones we're talking about here. We're talking about a sponsee here. Let the alcohol continue. Let the alcoholic continue his program day by day. That's it. Whatever the day brings, and you have no idea. But first and foremost, you start your day with God. You go through your day with God and you end your day with God. That's your program. That's your program. Then he included, we have here the steps, we have the book, we have each other. Sponsor, sponsee relationship. My goodness, all the things that you've been given. That's what we look at. Well, gee, it's not like I thought it was going to be, yeah? Let me talk to the person that says it is. Just like I thought it was going to be. It isn't. So we continue here to work. 
And then it says, when the time for living together has come, it will be apparent to both parties. So there. There it is. If that is what it's to be, you'll both know. Won't be One won't be pushing a pride on the other. Thank you for allowing me to share. With that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Would anyone else like to share? It's Leah. Go ahead, Leah. Thank you so much. Um, well, it says here, obviously, no rule can be laid down. So, um, as was previously stated, you know, we just try to live in the now. We can't uh, determine, um, you know, what God has in store. When I when I work with people and they're coming, you know, from difficult marriages. Uh, you have no idea what God has in mind and what God can do, what his strength, what his mercy, what his power, what his love can do, how it can develop a relationship. Uh, the focus has to be on the recovered person. It says here, let the alcoholic continue his program day to day. That's all, you know, that's all we do is support um the recovered person to live these principles. Keep living these principles. Keep implementing these steps. Remember, this is, program is all about a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. We are continually being transformed. God is never done with us. We continue to grow. I mean, just like anything in nature, you either continue to grow or you wither away and die. You know, a tree continues to grow, to bloom, to uh, produce leaves and fruits, or it, it begins the deterioration process. It withers and it dies. So it's the same thing with recovery. Abstinence, recovery is a growth process. I'm convinced that when, when compulsive overeaters hurt, we either go back to that first bite or we grow. If we don't go back into that cellophane bag, all the pain becomes growing pain. And in a marriage, when we survive a difficult situation, when we ride the waves of these challenges that come about in a relationship such as a marriage, we come out spiritually and emotionally stronger than when we went in. And as a couple, if we're committed to that relationship, we can grow together or we grow apart. We don't stand still, just like the tree does not stand still. It's either growing, producing, living, continuing its existence, or it is deteriorating. You know, and, and marriage is similar. And just like our sobriety, our, our abstinence is easier to maintain, right, if it's more important than the right to drink. You know, we have to put aside entitlement. I have a right here, and I have a right to to get my opinion across in this marriage, and I have a right to stomp my feet and, and express and, and demand my specifications be met. You know, marital sobriety is easier to maintain if harmony in the home or harmony in the dynamic of the marriage is more important than the desire to convince the other person they are wrong and you are right. 
So that's why it all comes down to me. Let the alcoholic continue his program day by day. It all comes down to each of us as individuals. You know, and you have no idea what God has in store for you. I mean, I will just share a moment of personal experience. You know, in 1987, after a few months of uh, of abstinence and implementing these steps, you know, it seemed so obvious to me that uh, this gentleman that I was married to was not right for me. Um, you know, the program of recovery continues to change us. It continues to cast aside old ideas, old attitudes, and old emotions to now be allow us to be governed, dominated by new ideas, new attitudes, and new emotions. Those lenses to which I viewed the world changed. The expectations that I demanded fell away. Because I realized to the degree that I demanded anything from my husband was my emotional sobriety impossible. And perhaps you don't know, but the rest of the story is that it's 2013 and 12 children later and a beautiful family that I never dreamt possible. Was that due to any personal success or any personal power on my part? Absolutely not. It's due to let the alcoholic continue his program day by day and realize that God does for us what we could never do for ourselves. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? This is Katie. Go ahead, Katie. Hi, I'm Katie, a compulsive overeater in Virginia. Um, says the wife should fully understand his new way of life. Well, it's our hope that um, our, for our sponsee that they're, because uh, that's what we're talking about here, is working with others, that um, the other person that in their family that they will understand. And all I can share is my own experience, as Leah just shared. Um, and my experience was I wasn't married yet. I was 27 years old, and but I can tell you that my family didn't understand at first. So I had to uh, guard my program. You know, someone shared it on the after meeting yesterday, the four Ps, and I can't remember them all. But anyway, um, the point is, is that God will, will show up with me in every circumstance. And I don't have to um, to pay the penalty of giving in to the old ideas that I always gave into in the past. And I can tell anybody who wants to call me hundreds of experiences that I have gone through where I thought it was going to be a difficult situation with family members, and it ended up fine. <laughs> I have not had to pick up because of other people's lack of understanding and lack of um, cooperation with my program because one day at a time I am given the energy and the uh, forethought to take care of my program. And that is what, that's all we have to share with another person. Um, yes, it may seem like, you know, I mean, <laughs> there was so much chaos in my life when I came into these rooms, it was not convenient for me to get abstinent at that moment. Um, but it, as God saw it, that was when I got abstinent. And 
all the circumstances that the day before had made me, you know, in my mind, pick up the food, suddenly I was able to walk through them without it. And, you know, that's what I can share with the newcomer. That's what we do. We don't call the person who's going to um, agree with us that our husband's a jerk because as Leah gave the fast forward, well, the fast forward of my life is I was abstinent for six years, met my husband, got married, live on a dairy farm in the middle of nowhere, and am able to stay abstinent anyway. And we just celebrated 18 years of marriage. We have two beautiful children, 17 and almost 15. I've raised two stepchildren who are almost 23 and 21. Those are a lot of family relationships. They've never seen me in disease. That's a blessing and a curse because they don't, sometimes they don't understand, like they don't believe that I could ever have been this crazy person. But I tell you, I'm not perfect. Yesterday, I was a bit of a crazy person. I saw it and I corrected it, and today we had a beautiful morning. Um, you know, and that's because I don't pick up the food. And that's the experience. Those are the experiences I can share with a newcomer. That, yes, you think your life is chaos. We all have chaos. We're all dealing with people, and it's not easy. In 2013, communication, we've got all this communication. It's still difficult. But there's a 100 and some people on this line. We're all looking for recovery. We all want a way out. We want to work this program. And if we work together, we can get through these difficult times. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Katie. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Hi, Monica. This is Nicole, recovering uh, compulsive reader in Pennsylvania. Can I share, please? You may. Go ahead, Nicole. Thank you. I'm really excited about the shares I'm hearing in this promise of this recovery program because it is, I'm living it. Um, my husband has been in recovery for another addiction and I started about a year and a half ago and it totally saved our marriage and it's a beautiful way to live and it's, um, I, I first when I came into recovery I thought this recovery was to make my life better but now I see it's about giving to others and making their lives better which in turn makes mine better, but just hearing the stories of, you know, families transformed and marriages saved, I really wanted to share my joy and my gratitude for the fact that we're still family because it could have been so different. And if my husband wouldn't have started in recovery, that's what I saw. I saw the change in his personality and that's what made me stay in the marriage. And then I realized, you know, I need this too. And then I became uh, willing to do what I needed to do and people in my family have been seeing changes and it feels really good to to be living this way but I have to remind myself of what it used to be like because this is becoming my new normal and I sort of forget what I used to be like and I don't want to ever forget that because it. I just need to remember because when I do it reminds me of how I never want to go back there and I want to keep going forward um, with God in this program. So I really appreciate this meeting so much, the perspective that all of you give, and um, thank you. Without a guess. Thank you, Nicole. My name is Monica, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And um, 
this paragraph or what we're reading here in this book, what I'm getting here is, you know, continue our program day by day. So as a compulsive overeater, I need to work on my program every day, stay abstinent, stay in the present, because when we get restless, irritable, and discontented, when we're trying to think about the future or about the past, you know, that's not good. Stay in the present. Do what I need to do today. Keep my side of the street clean. And if I do these things, and most importantly of all, underlying all of this is trusting and relying on God. And the more we see things changing, the way God is working in our lives, the more this trust and reliance grows. And it's awesome. And I want to thank everyone who has shared this morning. Thank you all very, very much. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Sarah, can you read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.